Welcome to So Here's the Thing, the podcast for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and creative educators who are ready to take their business to the next level. Through candid conversations, tactical approaches, and a few unpopular opinions, we're lifting the veil on what it takes to build both a life and a business that you love. I'm your host, Leila Amati, a coach for creatives and founder of the Creative Educator Academy, where I help entrepreneurs step into the role of industry leaders and educators. I'm so glad that you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey friends, welcome back. Today we have the one and only Ty Harrington. He is, you guys probably already know who he is, but he is like the king of all videos. So he is a filmmaker, he's a content creator, and he helps businesses of all shapes and sizes thrive by utilizing video. So I have seen Ty, and you guys probably have seen Ty produce a lot of YouTube content for someone we all know and love, the one and only Caitlin James, who's also been on the show. She's a photographer and educator. So he has done stuff from YouTube to filming courses. I've seen him a lot at conferences, which is where it's where we met actually was, you know, the behind the scenes of conferences that I've spoken at and he's been creating video for. So if it involves video in any way or audio, he can help. And I'm really excited to have him here to help us today. And specifically, as you guys know, I'm a little bit selfish and I want him to help me with all things video because I struggle here too. So I'm really excited. Ty, I'm going to let you like introduce yourself to our listeners and just, I'd love to hear like how this became something that you have become so passionate about and just so into educating on. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, hello everyone. Yes. Ty, Tyler Harrington here. Nice to see you. Yeah. It's so funny. So I am actually self-taught in video hundred percent, which a lot of people don't necessarily know. I have a background in photography, started taking photography classes when I was in high school. I actually have a degree in graphic design and enough photography credits to have a degree in that as well, which you had to choose one or the other. So I chose graphic design, but I've never really taken like a video class or anything like that. So everything I know about video I learned on the internet, basically through YouTube, which is kind of funny and ironic that I find myself here today. Um, but yeah, my wife and I, we were, uh, we were, we run our business together and we were wedding filmmakers for a long time, photographers and then filmmakers. And about two and a half, three years ago, when my daughter was born, we knew we kind of wanted to move away from weddings and just the lifestyle of kind of shooting 30 weddings a year just wasn't something we wanted to pursue while we, you know, had kids and are growing our family and stuff like that. So I started trying to figure out how I could kind of pivot away from weddings into something else video related that wasn't weddings. So it's kind of been a two and a half year long journey. But basically kind of what I'm at now is like you mentioned, I do a lot of YouTube stuff. I help a lot of other businesses run and manage their YouTube channels. And then I also just do video content of all different kinds for lots of different businesses. And it is fascinating the scope in which my... Uh, the content of my videos will range from one week. So like right now I'm working on a video for a eyelash extension company. I also have some church sermons to edit and some fountain pen content I need to make. So it's really all over the board. Uh, But I just love, I love video a lot. And there's a lot of reasons why I love it. It has to just kind of do with my personality. Um, But I also love teaching people on how they can use video better because I think video is really important. 
I love that. I love the variety in what you're working on. That's always fun to hear like what people are actually working on behind the scenes. And I definitely wouldn't have guessed those things, but thanks for sharing that. That's so cool. So I am really excited to talk to you all about video, but specifically we, and we were chatting right before I hit record, obviously we were talking all about um, the different platforms that people are using in their businesses when it comes to video. Initially, when I was like, oh, I'm going to have Ty on the show. We're going to talk. I'm going to ask him all about YouTube because selfishly as Ty knows, and as he's actually encouraged me to do, I really want to start a YouTube channel this year. However, I have never, first of all, I'm not like, this sounds crazy, but I don't really use YouTube that often. Like my extent of, of understanding of YouTube is like back when I was dancing in college, we'd put our vid- our dance videos on YouTube and that's all I know about it. Like that is the literal end. So as somebody who doesn't know that platform, I have looked at all the other places to use video in my business. So like TikTok and Instagram and all the things. And I'm excited to hear from you, Ty, like what are the differences in these platforms and like, who should be using what let's like dive into all the things. I don't know if you have thoughts you want to just kick us off with, and then we can just see where it goes. Yeah. So I definitely want to talk about YouTube. I think that YouTube is really important and can be a huge valuable factor to a lot of different people. And I was like, I manage YouTube channels for people. It's a huge part of my business. I love YouTube. I'm the opposite of you. I think that in the last 10 years, a day has not gone by that. I did not watch a YouTube video. I watch more YouTube than I watch TV. I just, I watch a lot of YouTube, which is part of the reason why I really wanted to start doing YouTube and why I'm so passionate about it is because it's been something that's been a part of my life for such a long time. And I think is a really valuable tool, but you have to understand how it works. So, okay. So first of all, before we kind of dive into the platforms, let's just talk about video in general. Cause I think that right now everybody knows video is hot, right? Every, every platform, Instagram, Facebook, obviously YouTube, they're all pushing video and trying to promote video. TikTok is obviously the, the biggest, fastest growing social media platform that's probably ever existed, video-based platform. Video is kind of just where life is at, especially in the current climate of the world that we live in with everything going virtual and video and all that sort of stuff. Video is huge. It's super, super important. But I think that we kind of take it for granted and maybe we're just like so close to it that we kind of forget why we should be making video. Um, and the number one reason we that video is important and why we need to be considering it is because it's all about connection, right? Video allows you to connect with your audience in a way that has really never been possible up until now. Like the, one of the best things about YouTube and why it was so revolutionary and why it's changed the world so much is because prior to YouTube, if you wanted to put a video out into the world for lots of people to see, there was a million steps in the way. There were producers and TV networks or you know, movie studios or whatever. There was a million different things that needed to happen. Or maybe you're like, I don't know, old school Tony Robbins kind of deal where he would like sell DVDs at conferences and stuff like that, right? Either way, there wasn't like a super easy way to reach lots and lots of people. And then of course, or there was, you know, speaking in, in conferences, things like that, ways to get your yourself out there. But there was no real way where you could just have complete control over what you're going to say, how you're going to say it, and just put it out into the world to get that instant feedback. And that is where YouTube kind of started and why it was so popular. Because you're right, you can take your dance videos that maybe the 80 people that were at the football game or whatever it is that you danced at or dance competition or whatever, right, would be there to see. But in order for lots of people to see and experience your dance that you work so hard on choreographing, 
there was like, how else are you going to share it with them? Right. So that's kind of why YouTube became such a big popular thing, but it's all kind of different now. So I want, that's why I want to talk about like the three different platforms because one, it's not like one size fits all. Like, yes, video is really important. And yes, in 2022, video is probably more valuable than it's ever been. But I think that we need to understand what, what these platforms are and what their purpose is and how they can fit into our business before we just go out and say like, yes, I'm going to make video content. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I hear, and I've actually been guilty of saying blanket statements before, like, you know, if you do one thing this year, like let's get you on TikTok, or like, let's push out some reels or you should start a YouTube channel, but there's so much more that goes into it. And, you know, I feel like even I've been seeing, and I'm sure everybody else has been seeing that as people are trying to utilize video more, we're seeing a lot of things that kind of make us stop and think like, is that the best way to actually utilize this platform? So let's talk about it all. Um, I'd love to know, I heard you mention just now that, you know, it's not really the same as it was when YouTube started. So like what makes it different now and what's something people should be aware of before they get started? Yeah. So the number one thing when it comes to video, just kind of content in general on the internet is a really in the market of people's attention, right? People have a finite amount of time in their day to give their attention to different things. And if it's not something, you know, work or kids or whatever it may be, you have all these other things that are vying for your attention. So that's all the different apps on your phone. And that's why there's like this huge big war between all the different social media platforms because they're just trying to get as many eyeballs on their platform for as long as possible because that's how they make more money off advertising and all that sort of stuff. So we need to kind of understand that in how we're thinking about the content that we're creating and who it is that we're trying to appeal to because people were so inundated with content, like really good video content now that the days of just like, oh, I'm just going to sit down in front of my camera and talk for 10 minutes and throw it up on YouTube and it's going to be this huge big hit or like it's going to get all these views. Those days are kind of over. But again, the, the, the value of video across all these things is that you can basically multiply yourself and you can the a message that you have can permeate time and space. And like you make the video one time and it lasts, well, depending on the platform, it kind of lasts forever. Right? And you can yeah. reach more and more and more people. The three, so the three main areas, I think that entrepreneurs in 2022 should really be focusing on in terms of like growing their business. Um, and again, there's so many different ways to use video, but the three main ones I think we should talk about are going to be TikTok slash reels, uh, YouTube, and then video in terms of courses and things like that. So where do you want to start? Which is most important, most, most interesting to you? Okay. Let's start with, let's start with YouTube. Okay. So YouTube. So the main thing we need to know about YouTube is like what makes YouTube valuable and the, what makes YouTube valuable is that it is owned by Google and it is the number two search engine in the world, right? It is in terms of the purpose of YouTube and like the main benefits of YouTube is going to be discoverability, longevity, and um, the value of YouTube grows over time. Whereas a lot of the other platforms, it either stays stagnant or maybe even falls off over time. For example, so if you post a YouTube video today, you, it'll live on the YouTube platform and is the ability to be found through search, through recommended videos, through YouTube, through the algorithm, through what all, whatever for literally years and years and years to come. So the more YouTube videos that you make, as you start to grow this back catalog of YouTube videos, the more people are finding them on a regular basis. Now, obviously some will be more popular than others or whatever, but you'll get to a point where, you know, I have videos that I made five years ago that still get 
a couple hundred views a day, right? So I've done nothing in the past five years with that video. I made it one time, spent the time on it, put it onto the internet, and it's still being found and discovered and links are being clicked on and all that sort of stuff in sort of perpetuity, right? So forever. So the more videos that you make, the longer that you're involved with the platform, the more valuable your back catalog becomes and your eyeballs become. When I think of YouTube, I think of it as very much like top level of a funnel in terms of just trying to get as many new eyeballs and it has like the best opportunity for discoverability, right? Podcasts are great because you grow a really deep connection with your audience and you can grow a deep connection with your audience on YouTube too. But it's, you know, something special about spending an hour with somebody on a podcast every single week or whatever, right? But discoverability on podcasts is super low, right? It's very rare. Someone's just going to kind of search the internet and find your podcast. It's possible, but it's not really their main thing. It's usually people from your audience that already exist, whether that you know, social media, whatever, like you, like your personality, listen to your podcast. YouTube is kind of the opposite. YouTube is one of the only platforms where you can really be discovered just by random people, right? And as the most, op so if you understand how to play that game in terms of optimizing your videos for searchability and for, you know, having a good title and thumbnail and all those different things, those are super, super important for YouTube. But what YouTube used to be was where people would be like, oh, we've got like a couple minutes. I'm going to go like peruse YouTube. It's not really as much like that anymore. So a lot of people come to YouTube either because they will need to like figure something out or learn something. So they're searching for how to do X, Y, or Z, or they're going there for some sort of like, they want to be entertained, right? They want to, instead of watching TV, they're going to go watch some YouTube videos or whatever, which just means that you need to either be squarely in one of those camps and you need to be providing one of those two value propositions, you need to be either providing some great entertainment, which most people in this listening to this podcast are probably not going to be on the entertainment side, or if you need providing some really great education and you need to understand, again, you don't, we don't want to waste people's time with our YouTube content. It needs to be valuable, make it worth the time to watch it. But at the same time, we have a little bit of flexibility in terms of it doesn't have to be super short. It's obviously not like a TikTok or something like that, where it's, you have six seconds or a minute to capture their attention. You can have a little bit more meat, a little bit more substance. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I feel like so many people now are kind of coming across two things. One is that they're maybe realizing like, okay, I'm frustrated with the fact that I'm creating all this content that then disappears on Instagram and nobody's going to ever see it, but I've spent so much time creating it. So YouTube is a really great solution to that because like you said, over time, I mean, it's there forever and people mm -hmm. are discovering it no matter when you put it out. Sometimes it's even better over time, but then you run into that second like the second realization, which is, okay, I'm not trained in like how to play the game, as you say. So how do you know how to play the game? Because I look at like the general, or I look at myself, you know, I can put together an Instagram reel or a TikTok extremely easily. That's not to say I do because, you know, everybody <laughs> procrastinates, right. but I could, like, if you, if you showed up at my house and you were like, Hey, you've got to create three reels today my brain knows how to do that because I spend so much time on Instagram, so much time on TikTok. So how do you know how to play the game on the back end of YouTube to make that successful? It really takes like, you've got to research it. Like anything else you've got to learn how to do. There's lots of, like, ironically, YouTube channels dedicated to growing YouTube channels, which is very 
uh, very meta. No meta. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, and it's the problem. With, <laughs> this is why YouTube is so hard, and right why it's like, yes, it is great, and there's so much value to YouTube. The other thing about YouTube is that it's the only the only platforms that actually pays its creators, right? So like, if you can make it big on YouTube, you can get to a point where you're bringing in a good number of views. You can make money straight from YouTube, which is not really something that's possible on Instagram or TikTok. Not in the way that it is with YouTube, where it's just straight ad split with YouTube. It's like, I think a 60, 40 ad split. So whatever YouTube makes on your ads, you get 40% of that, right? And it takes a while to get to that point. But yeah, so when it comes to you, again, when I, in the past, it was like, yeah, just make a YouTube channel, just like throw some stuff up there, whatever, it'll be fine. Now it requires either having somebody in outsourcing to somebody who knows what they're doing, like knows, understands what YouTube is and how to do it and how not to do it spending a lot of time just like researching and kind of figuring, figuring it out. Um, and the, the best and kind of worst part about YouTube, I would say is that it is, it just takes a long time, right? It is not an instant sort of thing. And this is what I always hesitate to somebody, tell somebody like, Oh yeah, you, you're like looking for a 2022, you know, new year's resolution. Yeah. You should start a YouTube channel because it's not one of those things that you're going to find instant success overnight. Um, okay. I made, I wrote some analogies. This will be interesting. So for, I said that TikTok. Right? It's like playing slot machines, right? In terms of making money, right? You're just trying to make as many TikToks as you can. You're pulling that lever and you're just kind of hoping maybe that one of them is going to win the jackpot, right? It's going to get you 500,000 views or a million views or whatever. And the more times you pull the lever, the more chances you have. It doesn't really matter if you have a following or not, whatever you can get on. Your first ever TikTok could theoretically get millions of views, right? And that's how TikTok was designed at because it came so late in the game, it was designed after what, looking at 10 years of social media, like what do people hate about social media? Getting started, starting with zero followers, posting something and having four views on it, right? So they're like, let's solve that problem. Just give people lots of views, regardless of the size of their platform or their audience, right? So that's TikTok. I think of YouTube as like investing in like a Roth IRA, right? Like it's not very much fun. Like takes a really long time to see any sort of a return, but you know that it's kind of like the right thing to do. So there's lots of people who just post YouTube videos every single week and they may even be doing the right things with thumbnails and titles and whatever. And it just takes a long time, like a year or more to start seeing any sort of a return. And it's one of those things where after, you know, four or five years down the road, then you can start to really see, see some, some, some momentum and then it becomes a really big, valuable thing. But at the very beginning, it just takes a long time. You just kind of trust that like every video that I make, every step of, along the way, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm getting better. And I'm just like adding to my, to my back catalog. And I said, courses are kind of like a, an investment property, like a lake front property or something, right? Where it's like, it's a lot of investment up front. Um, it's a little bit more fun maybe. Um, and the return's a little more immediate, but it still requires a lot of upkeep and a lot of managing. Yeah. I really love that analogy. A, because it's completely true and B, because it's hilarious. But, but honestly, I do have, I have something to add in that because I'm thinking about the Roth IRA, like, and YouTube and how you feel like it's the right thing to do, but it takes so long. So let me ask you this, just like, quick tangent. What do you say to people who think, is it too late for me to start a YouTube channel? Like if it's going to take that long, what's the benefit? Like, is it worth my time? Yeah. So, I, so when it comes to YouTube, again, as I'm saying this, I'm realizing that like, it sounds very pessimistic. Like I'm saying, like, you shouldn't do YouTube or like, unless you know what you're doing, you shouldn't do it. But like, no, that's not the case. I think that it comes down to your expectations, right? Like you need to understand that like when you first start off with YouTube, you need to go into it with the mindset of like, okay, this is a long-term game my first however many videos is going to be me learning, getting better on video, understanding the out, like 
all this is going to take time and effort and repetition. And as long as you're okay with that and you understand that that's just part of the game and you realize again, like you're like investing in it a little bit every single month or whatever and set realistic expectations. Don't start off saying, I'm going to do a video every single week. Maybe it's two videos a month or one video a month or whatever. But as long as you're kind of like constantly pursuing it and you're okay with it taking a little bit of time. Yes, it can be super valuable in the long run. And it's definitely worth your time and investment. If it's, but if you're looking for something that's going to be like a quick fix now, like I've got a launch coming in three months, I'm going to start a YouTube channel so that three months from now I can have like all this momentum behind my launch. Like that's not, that's not how it works. So in order to do YouTube and to do YouTube well, you need to be invested either in just like your time, like learning how to do it or in monetarily paying somebody who knows how to do it, to do it for you. And that's the only other kind of like way around it would be if you don't, if you're not interested in learning all that stuff and you just want to be able to, you know, make videos and have a YouTube channel or do whatever, there's plenty of services and people out there who will, can edit for you, who can help you with filming and all that sorts of stuff. Right. Like that's what I do for Caitlin. She doesn't have anything to do with her YouTube channel. Hardly. She, you know, shows up and she speaks on camera and she does whatever, but the rest of it is up to me. And it's great. And it's a great partnership for both of us. So there's people out there who you can find, but again, if you just, as long as you have that mindset, when you come into it, then you're going to be okay. But if you come into it as a, this is a quick fix, it's going to give me a ton of notoriety and all sorts of views and whatever. That's not how it is anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, I think that's always really good to hear. And I think it's encouraging. I don't even think of it as pessimistic, maybe just my personality. And clearly I have a whole podcast dedicated to like unpopular opinions and being a little bit sassy, but like, I like knowing what a realistic expectation is before I go into it, especially in business. So that's definitely good to hear with having realistic expectations and with knowing, like, let's say for myself, I know I, I just don't, A, I don't really super have the interest in learning everything about YouTube, but B, I just, I also don't have the time. Mm-hmm. I know it's something I want to do. I know it's something that my team and I have discussed putting together for our, for our company, but I don't want to do it. So what are some options in outsourcing? I mean, I know I have been researching a little bit. And so I know that there are like full service you know, agencies and producers out there, but are there other options in outsourcing where you can do a little bit and do, you know, share some to someone else? Yeah. I think that there's lots of different ways if you get creative with how you want to outsource stuff, especially when it comes to YouTube. Um, one of the also most underrated things, I think when it comes to a successful YouTube channel is the editing, right? Like it's not necessarily just like what you say, but it's how you present it. So a lot of times with Caitlin's videos, for example, I'll sit down with 32 minutes of like raw footage. And even if I cut it all down, it's still 23 minutes long. Well, I know that it needs to be in like the 10 to 12 minute range. So the act of going from the 23 minutes down to the 12 minutes, that's where like the magic happens, so to speak. Right. So there's, plenty of people in the world that you can pay to just do the editing, maybe taking a look, taking either some sort of a course or I, <laughs> something we've been talking about like that. I, that's something I want to provide to people is like getting you up and going with YouTube in terms of getting the right equipment, getting the, all the technical stuff out of the way. Cause that's only like a small part of the problem. Like it, I can, if I sat down with you for an hour, we could get you set up with a good camera and a good light and a good microphone s- situation. And you'd be good to go in terms of just like recording good looking video content. Again, people spend so much time focused on that that they forget about all the other stuff. So just kind of learning some general rules about YouTube and then having a 
somebody who you outsource just the editing to, or maybe somebody's just, you outsource just the thumbnails or whatever, right? Like there's so many different ways that you can do it kind of whatever your budget may allow. And especially at, least at the very beginning, it may not make sense to go with a full-fledged, you know, outsource to somebody to do the whole nine yards when you still don't even know what your style is or what you want to say or whatever. So it kind of needs to be able to get in there and learn yourself. So you don't want to outsource it too, too soon. Um, but I think just like looking for people out there, there's plenty of people who are like me who love stuff like this and love editing and want to help people, but don't necessarily want to have their own YouTube channel or don't have the time to, or don't have the audience or whatever. Cause I always say like the biggest thing about YouTube is that the value you're probably going to find most likely is if you already have systems in place, right? You already have a bunch of sales funnels. You already have a bunch of stuff. You just need to get more eyeballs and more people in your sales funnels. That's where YouTube is most valuable. So if you don't have a lot of that stuff established and you're just trying to make, don't go into YouTube thinking you're gonna make money off of AdSense, right? Like you can, but like that shouldn't be your number one goal. So finding somebody who can, maybe like I said, like me who hates sales funnels and hates marketing and hates all that sort of stuff. That's why I don't do any of it. I just like to make YouTube videos, right? So those people out there, you can find people at a, at a reasonable price at a rate that'll make sense for you. especially to get up and get going. And then you can kind of evolve things over time. Yeah. I love that advice. And I think it's really just encouraging to hear that there are options out there for people who maybe don't have a massive budget, but want to get things going. I also, before we switch over to talking about the other platforms, because I do, I do want to take some time for that. I love what you said about making sure that you have, um, or I don't know if you said making sure that you have, but I was hearing it that way. Like make sure that you have the rest of your funnel set before Mm -hmm. you try to get on YouTube in order to gain traction and visibility, because What I like to tell my students, like inside the creative educator Academy, who are typically like course creators or educators or speakers, and they, maybe they don't have like their entire funnel in one place, but they're like, I need to gain visibility. I always say like, clean up your funnels first, like make sure you have somewhere to send someone, because if you get on YouTube and you are gaining traction, like how much of a waste would it be to not have somewhere to send them? So let's, let's work in order. So I like that you mentioned that. And I just wanted to like pinpoint that for a second, but yeah. And again, the nice thing about a YouTube video is that it does live forever, right? So if you have a link in there for your sales funnel and it exists in that video for the next five years and anybody over the next five years can kind of, it's the only, one of the only ways we can just like kind of stumble upon your stuff. And if you only make one sale a month or whatever it is, you know, like that's most, most, for most people, that's all you really need to make. And again, the value is that it, it continues to have just as much value from day one until day 187. Whereas with like Facebook ads or something like that, in terms of discoverability, as soon as you stop paying for that Facebook ad, it's gone. Like there's no longer any value. No one's ever going to find it or click on it or whatever. So it is a good long-term investment for people, especially who have courses to be able and sell online products, to have your, your funnels in there. And you can always, you can go back and update, you know, descriptions and stuff after the fact or whatever. In in conclusion, YouTube <laughs> can be really valuable. It is a great tool. I think that people should be on YouTube, but I think that people just need to have the right expectations going into it. If I had to like wrap it all up in a pretty bow, like you need to know that it's not going to be like a quick thing. It needs, it requires dedication, consistency, and trial and error and learning. And just like trusting this can be a little bit slow at the beginning, but it has like really great upsides on the, on the back end. So hopefully yeah. that makes, hopefully that makes it a little more optimistic because I feel like it sounds too negative. I love no, you. It's my favorite. 
I don't think any of it sounded negative. Honestly, listening to this, I'm like, oh yeah, I really do have to get on YouTube this year. <laughs> no more excuses. Okay. I love that. Let's take a second and talk about the other platforms that you mentioned, because I think that it's, I have a lot of thoughts, so I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about TikTok, TikTok and reels. Okay. So the reason why TikTok is so valuable and so popular and why I think people love TikTok so much is because it's the perfect like bite-sized media that you can consume anytime, anywhere. It doesn't matter how much, how much time you have. If you've got three hours and you want to sit and watch three hours of the TikToks, you won't get bored. If you're standing in line at Starbucks and you, or whatever, if people stand in line for anything anymore, I don't know, but like you're standing in line and you've got five minutes, two minutes, one minute, you can still go on TikTok, right? It's always kind of just like the default. It's easy to, to go back to TikTok, right? Yeah. So the advantages to TikTok is that it has the discoverability is like off the charts or like not even discoverability less, but more of like the potential of you going quote unquote viral mm -hmm. is the highest of pretty much any platform. Like I said, you could create your account tomorrow. You could post a really good TikTok and you could get 5 million views and 30,000 followers or whatever. Right. The thing that's hard about TikTok is that it's hard to take those followers and do anything with it, right? So the yeah. growth on TikTok is huge. And that's why it's been so popular with creators because they see all these big numbers and like, oh, this is great. Like there's all these eyeballs, this video got so many views, whatever. The problem is then what do you, what do, you do with that? There's not a great way of monetizing, not as great of a way as monetizing a TikTok audience as there is a YouTube audience. You have to have a significantly larger TikTok audience to be nearly as valuable, I would say, as a... 10th of the size of that, of a YouTube audience. Right. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't use TikTok. Right. But the differences with TikTok is that it's all about providing this. I mean, it's not like all of them. You have to provide value in terms of entertainment or education or whatever. What you don't need to be doing is just like doing the latest trend or the latest like point thing on the screen, which is what I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs do. They just like, I don't really know what to do. So I'm just going to like point to stuff and it may be like good information or like not incorrect information but i think we need to kind of pause and ask ourselves why like why are we doing this like what is our objective of tiktok and i would say the objective of tiktok is to make people aware of who you are right like again the uh, the chance of people like finding you but again i don't know about you but like i scroll through, through a lot of tiktok and i like may recognize people but i never click on it i don't even have to have them even follow them i just like see them on my for you page so i think that as like an entrepreneur man i don't know it's like it's really tough you it's it's really hard to sell somebody in 30 seconds or 6 seconds or you know whatever it is to to find you you got to show up again and again and again and again and again in order to like permeate into somebody's consciousness to be like, Oh, I want to go find out more about this person or whatever. So what has your been ex experience been with TikTok and like your students and stuff like that? That's something I'm, I'm interested in hearing what people like, does anybody, cause I know lots of people who have like decent TikTok followings, but like in terms of selling courses, like how do you turn that into a course? Yeah. Sale? I think something that's really interesting about that is I have seen, I mean, 
I'm not going to lie. I, I do think that everybody should be utilizing the tools that they have, especially when they're free. So things like, you know, Instagram and TikTok and YouTube, I think everybody should be doing all the things that they can, that they have the capacity to, to invest their time into. However, I will say that I have done a lot of digging on this. And in terms of like what I've seen firsthand is the majority of people that I've seen utilizing TikTok are either doing it to the point of they want to get on there, but they don't know what they're doing. So instead of having an actual strategy, they're just trying to recreate something that they've seen somebody else, Mm -hmm. you know, find success in. So that's where you're seeing a lot of like the pointing or the dancing, which I'm not judging because I love a good TikTok dance. I I was joking with Ty about that earlier. Like I love to learn all the TikTok dances, but you won't see me post them. I do it because it's fun. I won't ever post one on my business account because it has nothing to do with what I teach or what I sell. And Mm -hmm. so I want to make sure that anything I'm putting out there is consistent with if somebody does click to my page, they're not surprised. And I have a great example of this. That's firsthand that won't, won't sound judgy at all because it was me. I had one reel go viral. Mm -hmm. It happened to be one that I made while I was tipsy at a pool over the summer with my friends and had nothing to do with my business. Mm -hmm. And I gained a ton of followers. And then a week later, I lost probably every single one of them. And none of them clicked over to buy anything because why would they? And so I think that was a really good, just kind of light bulb moment for, for me and probably for anybody else who I've talked to about it, because it's like, you do want, we see those like quote unquote vanity metrics and we see the numbers and we want to replicate them. But like you said, it is hard to get clicks. Now I will say I've seen some of my, um, some of my students gain clients who are service-based, like let's say you're a wedding photographer and you post your photography behind the scenes. I've seen people book clients through that. Mm -hmm. I've seen students of mine actually switch away from educating in the small business realm to become full-time content creators because Mm -hmm. their personal content has gone off the charts. So they're getting sponsorships and they're getting brand deals and things like that. But you're right. I really haven't seen a ton of Now I have seen some, so I don't want to discourage anybody who's out there trying and I'm trying too. So I get it, but I haven't seen a ton of like really quick and good return for the amount of time that people are spending on there, which is again, why I'm looking at YouTube personally. Right. And there's a lot of, I mean, even the biggest TikTokers, they all create YouTube channels after they are on TikTok, after they blow up on TikTok that a lot of it's like, Oh, now I'm going to be on YouTube or, you know, whatever. And I think with all these different platforms, I think the most important thing is we talked about, you were saying that like, you don't do things on your podcast that you hate hearing on other podcasts. Yeah. And I feel like the same thing is so true with video, but I feel like either people who are trying to create TikTok content, they don't actually use TikTok, right? They don't use it on a regular basis. They're not a regular user. So they just like, I need to learn about this TikTok or even reels. They're like, oh, so let me get on here and see what people are doing. They'll watch a handful and they think they understand the platform. And the reality is like, that's not how it works. Right. And it, even a lot of times, yes, there are plenty of really great creative education based TikTok channels that do dances and do pointing and do whatever. But if you really were to dive deeper and study their like overall strategy, that's just like one video they've posted. Maybe they posted 10 videos that week and that's just one of them. So you can't just come along and say, okay, I'm going to post that one video this week on my TikTok or my Reels account and expect to see the same growth because it's not the whole story. You're not telling you, you're missing the whole rest of the book. Like you just, you, you're just on page 87 and that's all you have. You don't have the rest of the book. You need to 
the whole strategy needs to be there. So I think what the best thing I would tell people to do if they want to get better at TikTok is find a channel that you really love or a account or whatever that's either that's either in your niche or even just a niche that you're passionate about, but that you find either educational or funny or whatever. And then really take some time and kind of evaluate, okay, go onto their TikTok. Like, what is this person doing? Like, well, let's look at all of their content. Let's, if you want to get really like nerdy about it, you can kind of write, okay, there's this many education ones. There's this many trend ones. There's this many, whatever. You can kind of start breaking it down and figuring out, okay, what is it they're doing and that's working? What are the videos that are most popular? What are the videos that don't have hardly any views or whatever? So you're not just recreating the one video that you saw because that's all you've seen. That's all you know of. And that's the only part of the strategy that you've figured out. So I think that would be super helpful. The best thing about TikTok is that it's the lowest barrier to entry. I think in terms of just like equipment, gear, knowledge about video in general, pretty low bar. And actually like the better, the more that you film on your phone, I think the better it is for TikTok because it feels very organic to the platform. There's a handful of people who've gotten away with like really high quality, like cameras and stuff on TikTok. But most of the biggest creators on the platform just use their phone, maybe like a ring light, but they're really intentional about their editing and about their strategy. So I think those are the most important things to focus on when you're focusing on TikTok. Yeah. I love that so much. And one piece of like unsolicited advice for anybody who's listening is just, if you're going to do anything on any platform, my biggest piece of advice would be to like, make sure that you're doing it to the best of your ability. So if you're going to do a lip sync video, make sure that you're actually like on you know, on track with the lip sync. If you're going to do right. a dance or a point, make sure the words show up at the right time. So it is a low barrier of entry, but let's like, let's lower, try to make sure it's, it's good. <laughs> yeah. It's lower barrier to entry in terms of like gear yes. and investment and things like that than something like YouTube. But yes, you're right. It does require some time, some understanding of the platform and yeah. I mean, I think people get excited and they, they want to make sure that they're like, Oh, I'm doing it. I'm just going to do the thing. So a lot of people think to themselves in this situation, done is better than perfect. And that is true to an extent, but at the end of the day, like what you're putting out there does represent you and your business. So you probably want to make sure that it's like halfway decent. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing with TikTok is that it's all that it's a numbers game. It's a pure volume game. So, right. You want to make it doesn't have to be perfect. Perfect. Like the lighting doesn't have to be immaculate and it doesn't have to be the most like whatever you don't have to be all glammed up or whatever like there's so many other barriers that you don't have to worry about but you do want it to be good and slash or valuable right and figuring out what's most genuine to you like if you're not a dancey fun pointy kind of person then don't do that like there's plenty of tiktoks i watch that are very dry they're super educational and they're great like i love them like i learn a lot of things there like i learned so many random things on tiktok I spend way too much time on TikTok. I do too. But there's so many there's so many different ways to approach it. I think people just get stuck in whatever the first thing that they saw was, and that's what they have to do. Yes. That's not true. You can make your own niche. You can do whatever. And again, TikTok is just so early in the grand scheme of social media that everyone's kind of still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, if we think back to Instagram in 2011 and 2012, people were posting so much random stuff on their Instagram. If you look back at your Instagram feed from back then, right. It was like embarrassing. Cause we didn't know any, we didn't know any sort of strategies or whatever. And we're kind of still in that a little bit with TikTok, where yes, there's some experimenting to be had, but it's also, there's plenty of room for people to blaze new trails and to kind of set their own trends or whatever. So yeah, I, I think that TikTok is, can be really valuable in the right 
context and just understanding like what it's what it's for. The best thing I would say about TikTok is that it really does help you get more comfortable on video and with like video editing, like on a much smaller scale. Um, I've listened to some really interesting podcast episodes, people talking about how like this next generation is going to be one of the most like affluent video editing generations we've ever had because most people like even our age in our, our old wise age <laughs> in our mid thirties, um, you know, most people don't edit video. I mean, obviously I do, but like most, you probably, I don't know. Have you ever edited video to like a. Yeah, I have, stand? but, but it's only because of my dance background. So I cut okay. music and I've edited video, but, but yes, most people right. our age don't. Yeah. Or if you have, you have like a very limited scope of it or you know, something you're doing on a daily basis. Whereas, you know, this whole new generation of content creators of young, youngins coming up are editing and learning all these different things. And whether they realize it or not, they're learning how to edit just on TikTok and doing whatever. So there's yeah. definitely value to TikTok, but again, it's more like playing the slots and sure. Some people are out there like the old lady with like nine different buckets. And she's like playing nine slot machines at the same time. Like there's some people who are really good at it. And like, it's still okay just to walk up to the single machine and just, you know, pull it, you know, yeah. put your penny in and just see what happens. But it definitely is a different approach and a different strategy than something like YouTube. And again, in the big thing with YouTube, in terms of making money, TikTok, you're not going to really make any money off TikTok. YouTube, you can make money off of partnerships, like sponsorships, more and more than TikTok, at least at this point, and AdSense, and then really just like point people to your courses. So those should be like the main places on YouTube where you're trying to see your, your money back in your return. TikTok is more like, you have to just trust that the ROI is in those eyeballs and that you have all the other pieces of your whatever social media it is i mean even those tiktokers are like go check out my instagram and then from instagram they send them to their website or to their you know whatever so you've got to just gotta make sure you've kind of got all your ducks in a row when it comes to tiktok and reels do you post on both tiktok and reels or just reels or you know, I, so uh, I do both. If I do mm -hmm. create a TikTok, I'll post it on reels either later or, you know, like I'll let a little bit of time pass. But honestly, like, like you said, it's just so hard to get people off of that app and where mm -hmm. I want to send them that I only do. I truly just try to share educational content when I do use it. I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily like have a massive strategy to get them off of my social and onto my website. I'm just trying to get a little bit of education out there to get people used to me and to have that content out there for them. If they stumble upon me, mm -hmm. now, I will say one piece of encouragement as we're wrapping up this piece of the conversation is that while I do think it's important to do things like to the best of your ability and all of that, I will say like, I love what you said about, you don't have to, you don't have to be like all done up there. One of my favorite TikTokers to follow is Elise Myers. And mm -hmm. she literally just, she's a content creator who's hilarious. And I, yeah. I highly encourage you to check her out. She goes on there like with, she says it all the time, no makeup, her hair is not done. She doesn't have the best lighting. Sometimes she uses a ring light. Sometimes she doesn't, but she's a creative editor. She like her content is good. It's to the point you learn whatever it is she's putting out there right away. And so yeah. I want to encourage anybody who's listening to this. I'm not saying it has to be like perfectly done in a beautiful aesthetic way. 
I just mean it needs to be like quality content. So, and again, it goes back to studying the platform and studying what works. If you look at her stuff, like, yes, she doesn't have any makeup on necessarily, but she spends a lot of time writing what she's going to say, choosing the story she's going to share, adding the editing, like that makes a huge difference. And what's on the screen when they swipe that initial swipe, whatever's on the screen, whatever what's happening on the screen is so important, right? There's so many like little nuancey things like that, that have to do with like, again, these different platforms of TikTok that you need to just learn. And the best way to learn it is by doing it. So yes, you need to get on there and you ex- experiment, but at the same time, you need to be intentional. You shouldn't just be throwing random stuff with no thought whatsoever. If you look at her, Elisa's channel, right? She has a lot of like, she has themes, like she has stories that she tells, but she also has like every once in a while, she'll just do a random TikTok because it's doesn't matter as much. Like it's not going to hurt right. you to have random ones, but you all, she also has like some strategy and some cadence to the other types of content that she's creating. So kind of just like looking at all those things and kind of figuring all that out is really important. If you want to find success again, if you want to just throw it up every once in a while, just for fun and you just, it, it's an enjoyable thing or whatever, that's yeah. fine. But again, if you want to see like really long-term like growth or success or whatever, you just got to be more intentional. And then it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be with your lighting. It just has to be intentional with your strategy. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I get that that's hard too, because I, I want to share reels of my cats and my niece and nephew all the time, but it's like, that doesn't really have anything to do with what I do. So, but again, the good thing about TikTok is that you actually can, and it won't hurt you. YouTube is a little bit different in that the way that the algorithm works for YouTube is that if you, if they like consistency and they like knowing what to expect from you for a lot of different reasons, but if you randomly post a video about your cats on YouTube, and then you're posting educational content, you're kind of all over the place. It's not as much there's not as much freedom in terms of YouTube. Like you need to be a little more like niched down, a little bit more focused and intentional. And it'll, it'll can get punished by the algorithm using air quotes by the algorithm. If you are, if you deviate too far from what YouTube kind of expects from you or whatever, mm-hmm. whereas with TikTok, it's not really like that. Like there's not no real punishment for it. So you do have a little more flexibility to experiment with TikTok. But if the only thing you're doing is just experimenting in random cat videos, then- <laughs> that's probably not going to be great strategy, but it's okay to post them every once in a while. Yeah. I mean, I do. So that's good. <laughs> good. I need to find you on TikTok. I don't think that's oh, the God. thing that's hard about TikTok. The TikTok is very, they're very focused more on the consumer than they are the creator, yes. right? TikTok or YouTube is very focused on the creators and the experience of the creators and giving them the tools that they need to thrive and make money and grow businesses. Whereas TikTok doesn't really care as much about the creators. They're more about like the experience. So they'll do everything they do is about the experience of the person swiping, not as much geared towards you. So that's just another like nuancy thing to, to know about TikTok and like what separates it from the other ones. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you've given us a lot of content to think about a lot of really great information, but as we kind of wrap up here, I have to ask our signature question, which of course, as per usual, we've kind of made everything in this episode, an unpopular opinion, but if you had to pick another unpopular opinion to talk about for video for small businesses, what would it be? We've already said, yeah, I think we've already talked about um, a lot. I would say what I wrote down for my unpopular opinion is that DIY video is not realistic for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. I think that random people can do video, right? And it's possible that anybody can learn and that it's, you know, especially now, like our camera, camera phones are so good that people always say, oh, it's the best time to get into video or whatever. And I do think that that's true to a certain extent, but I still don't think that it's for everyone because 
with video, there's so many things that can go wrong and there's so many things that have to go right. And there's so much we talked about in terms of the, not only like the editing, but the strategy and the formatting and the whatever, that if you're not interested or dedicated to like at least figuring out part of that or all of it, you're going to have a really hard time with video and it's going to, it's going to suck a lot of your time, energy, money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So depending on where you're at in your business, I don't, because a lot of people say like, oh, everyone needs to be doing video. And I kind of, you know, I don't think necessarily everybody is built for doing video themselves. I think everyone can utilize video, but I think more people should be outsourcing video than actually do. Maybe that's what I should say. Oh yeah. I really like that. And especially because like, again, that's more encouraging to me than anything else. Like, even though it might be an unpopular opinion, it's encouraging to me to know, like, I don't have to do it all myself because I, mm-hmm. because I won't. <laughs> right. So. And some people will like, that's my personality. Like, that's how I got into this mess to begin with. Like no one taught me anything. I just like sought after it. And like, that's how my brain works with anything that I become interested in. I just like obsess over it and do everything that I can to learn about it. Yeah. But if that's not you, or if you're not really passionate about video, I just think it's going to be really difficult I think it's really difficult for you to like use that and make it a huge part, like the key pivotal part of your marketing strategy for your business and the growth of your business. And in just how fast time, how fast the world is moving right now and how many resources are out there in terms of like ways to make great video content that doesn't involve you doing it yourself. I just think that there, you need to like look yourself in the mirror and be like, do Am I built? Is my brain wired for figuring this out? Is it something I'm passionate about? Because if not, then maybe we need to like explore some other options. Or if again, if you're really early in your business, do I have like the time, really like the time to dedicate to figuring all of this out? And if, but if you're more established, like you are, then yeah, outsourcing probably might be a better option than because your time is so valuable that figuring it out may not be worth it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think just like anything else that um, my, my students who are listening to this are probably like, okay, we get it lately. But I always say like self-awareness is like number mm-hmm. one. So just taking that hard look at yourself and knowing and being realistic with yourself is probably key here. Yeah. If you struggle, like figuring out how to take a photo with your iPhone, right? Like it's going to be tricky for you to figure out like the lighting and the audio and the this and the that and the cards and the editing and the downloading and the whatever, right? And that's not to say that you shouldn't ever do it and that it's like a mountain that's insurpassable, like you can't overcome it. But if you're not interested in figuring all that out, then then don't figure like figure out another way of co- overcoming it that doesn't involve just you. Does that mean? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's so it encouraging. It does make sense. Yeah. Um, well, thank you, Ty. This is all incredible. Can you, we, we will of course link all the ways to get in touch with Ty in the show notes, but like just right off the cuff, like where can listeners connect with you most easily? Oh, that's a good question. Um, my Instagram, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, posted three Instagram posts in 2021. So I'm trying to at least double that in 2022. So keep, make sure you follow for that, you know, double (laughs) the content. That's really great there. I do try and post Insta stories that are like behind the scenes and stuff like that. So Insta stories is more my jam than, uh, Instagram feed. I have a YouTube channel. I'm going to check that out. I do have some good content on there for people who are looking to make video content and things like that. But um, yeah, this has been great. This is a conversation that I've wanted to have for a long time and I like think about a lot, but I've never really had anybody to chat with about it. So hopefully, uh, my thoughts didn't come across too jumbled or scrambled up and that we are able to have, uh, make some value for people out there. But, um, yeah, I think this is, this has been great. 
Thanks, Ty. This is great. I loved it. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to SoHere'sTheThingPodcast.com. This show is brought to you by the Creative Educator Academy, where we teach creative entrepreneurs how to teach, because I believe that industries thrive when experts can share their knowledge well. If you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes or see your rating on Spotify. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.